Welcome to the MedSoup Podcast, where we talk about trending healthcare topics. I'm your host, Laura Schumacher. Let's dig in. Today, we are joined by Dr. Robert Wilson, the founder and medical director of Piedmont Interventional Pain Care. Dr. Wilson has served patients in Salisbury and the greater Rowan County region for over 15 years. He is board certified in both anesthesiology and pain medicine by the American Board of Anesthesiology. He completed his residency in anesthesiology and a fellowship in pain medicine at Wake Forest University Baptist Medical Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Dr. Wilson is trained in the latest pain management techniques and therapies and is an avid speaker providing information to the public and medical professionals across the United States about the latest interventional pain treatments. He is an active advocate for the prevention of opioid abuse and serves on the opioid task forces for the Department of Health and Human Services, the Industrial Commission of North Carolina, the North Carolina Medical Board, and the North Carolina Medical Society. Additionally, Dr. Wilson is the president-elect of the Pain Society of the Carolinas, also known as PSOC, a long-standing member of the PSOC, and has served as chairman of the Government Advocacy Committee. All right, today we're with Dr. Robert Wilson from Piedmont Interventional Pain Care in Salisbury, and we are going to discuss lumbar spinal stenosis and some very interesting treatment options available for patients who have this condition. Hi, Dr. Wilson. How are you? I'm doing well today. How are you? Fine, thank you. So some people are familiar with lumbar spinal stenosis, also called LSS, um, but describe to us what this condition is. What it really amounts to is uh, over a period of time as we age, uh, we have a spinal canal that is uh, fairly wide and patent in most of us. Uh, sometimes people were born with a, a congenitally narrowed spinal canal, but most of us have a, a plenty of room for the spinal cord to lay in the spinal canal. Um, and uh, what happens as you develop arthritis, as you uh, develop bulging discs, et cetera, uh, it'll start to crowd the central canal where the nerve, uh, nerve roots are hubbed, as well as the spinal cord. Um, so what happens, you have to kind of imagine that it just tightens around these nerve endings um, the classic symptoms of it uh, happen when you stand up, when you stand erect or just stand, uh, you have a little bit of extension in your lumbar spine, and that is accentuated when you do stand. What happens is because you've got this stenosis in the lumbar spine in the canal, uh, it causes pressure on the nerve endings that are hubbed there. And of course, the main ones that are there are the ones that uh, uh, are the nerves responsible for your motion of your legs and the, and the sensation in your legs. So what happens is when you stand up for very long or that you walk for very long, you start putting more pressure on it because of the extension of your spine. Uh, it's made worse by the, uh, the chronic conditions of arthritis and degeneration that are occurring as well as you grow older. And so what happens is, is that this will, this will occur when you walk or stand. Then when you sit down, within seconds, your, your lower back, your legs will feel better. And you'll find patients who will sit down and kind of lean forward. That sort of flexes your lumbar spine which again opens up that canal and takes the pressure off the nerve ending. So um, lumbar spinal stenosis is something that, uh, again, you can't really keep from uh, happening. And some patients, obviously, it's worse than in others. Uh, but uh, it's just really part of the aging process for most of us. Those who are born with a congenitally narrowed canal, 
uh, when you have a little bit of arthritis and stenosis, it gets uh, worse much quicker. But uh, in all of us, as we age, these, these kind of conditions can start to develop. So a person who's experiencing these symptoms is usually an older person? It is. The youngest person I've done has been uh, 65 years of age. And, and uh, it is uh, patients usually around the age of 60 may start to develop it uh, where it becomes more of a problem. But um, my uh, patient population, the uh, youngest patient has been 65 that I've implanted um, this device we're going to speak about in, and the oldest patient is 90. Uh, so um, uh, it generally is an older population because all these osteoarthritic and degenerative processes take place over years and years and start to become more of a problem in your 60s. And this condition is not to be confused with uh, the type of uh, condition where you'll see someone kind of hunched over like they have a little bit of a hump on their back from osteoporosis, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's more of what we call kyphosis uh, in the thoracic spine. That is uh, completely different, and patients do develop that, especially we see it in uh, postmenopausal females uh, tend to have more osteoporosis uh, that occurs and, and uh, uh, different conditions in the spine, uh, spinal compression fractures, vertebral compression fractures occurs, which accentuates that problem too. But no, this is completely different. And really, just affects the lumbar spine that we uh, that we uh, treat. So, what are some of your initial treatment options for a patient who's experiencing the pain from lumbar spinal stenosis? The first thing we do is to you know examine them and see what they what their symptoms are and what their history is. Uh, a lot of times, they will have again these arthritic conditions of the uh, small joints in the posterior column of the spine, just beside the spinal canal and a little bit lateral. Uh, a lot of times we can inject those joints and uh, do a procedure called radiofrequency ablation, which could help their back pain. It won't do much for their leg pain. Uh, other times we can do epidurals uh, with uh, epidural steroid injections, I should say, uh, that will go into the central canal and cause a reduction of inflammation in that area. The problem with that is if we're dealing with lumbar spinal stenosis and you inject some medicine in that central canal, because of the consistent and the constant tightening uh, of that canal, uh, the nerves may get relief for a while because that, that compression is there, uh, their pain will come back quickly. So I don't spend a lot of time uh, doing procedures on patients. They don't get some type of long-term benefit. If we do one or two procedures, maybe two different types of procedures and their pain comes back fairly quickly, then it's probably time to move on to either this type of uh, procedure we're gonna discuss or uh, get a surgical consult. So discuss this um, fairly new procedure that's it's available to patients with this condition that you're offering now in your office. The, uh, the procedure is a uh, procedure, the device is called the Superion. It's made by a company called uh, Vertiflex and it's been out for, uh, I'd say about two years now. I've been doing the procedure about 13 months. And again, our classic patient presentation is going to be when a patient has uh, pain or weakness in their legs when they walk or stand. Uh, they sit down, they lean forward, uh, the pain goes away. Uh, we have something called the shopping cart syndrome. If you catch a patient uh, in the uh, grocery store uh, walking around leaning over on a grocery cart, most likely they're doing that not for balance, but they're doing that because it flexes the spine forward and it helps relieve their, uh, their pressure uh, going down their hips, uh, their back, their hips, and their legs. Um, this device uh, that we uh, implant goes between the spinous processes of the lumbar spine 
And what it actually does on sort of a microscopic level is that it causes flexion to occur at the level of the spine where their stenosis is the worst. Uh, we get an idea of the patients who are candidates for it simply by their history. Uh, we confirm on uh, lumbar MRI studies uh, that the stenosis is there. Uh, I view the different ones, and they could have more than one area that is uh, stenotic. But uh, when I do place these, I've got a patient with two or three levels. About always they have one that is more severe than the other. And uh, in those patients I've done this on, um, I will pick the worst area. Uh, place the device in there to cause the flexion to occur at that level, and generally all of them get better. It was just about a month ago that I uh, placed the second one in. Uh, another lady I placed previously about six months ago. Uh, she continued to have pain in one leg and not the other because the first placement got rid of her, uh, her leg pain in that one leg. Uh, but the other one showed compression at the level uh, above, and it was pinching the nerve that comes out of what we call the foramen. Uh, when I placed the uh, second device in, it flexed her uh, spinous process and all opened up. It flexed her forward in her canal and gave that foramen an opening it didn't have before, so her leg pain got better in the contralateral leg. So this is a procedure that provides a permanent option for treating that compression. It is. Rather than doing injections that, uh, again, with steroids uh, or do cautery, uh, I'm sorry, radiofrequency procedures, or which are a type of a cautery procedure, uh, we actually really treat uh, the underlying condition. Uh, rather than just uh, treating the symptoms that they have, uh, we treat the underlying condition by uh, changing their anatomy and flexing their spine forward at that level, uh, which uh, helps get rid of the stenosis. And you have to understand that they may be very stenotic, but they just need one or two, three, one or two or three millimeters of flexion forward to get the uh, canal opened up enough where the nerves aren't compressed. So that's why we like to do just one level at a time. I don't ever want to do anything that's unnecessary and do two or three levels. The reality is a lot of times you do their worst level and that takes care of their problem. But it does treat uh, the underlying condition. Unlike a lot of times in pain management, we have to treat the symptoms. This actually treats underlying condition. And then when you treat the underlying condition, that takes majority of the pain away, if not all of the pain away, correct? It is, it is amazing what it does. We uh, Actually, this has been looked at and studied for five years before it was released by the FDA. It was studied at 29 centers. Uh, 470 patients altogether were uh, implanted with the uh, Superion device. They were followed for five years. Um, at the end of five years, 80% uh, of the patients uh, continued to have a reduction in leg pain. Uh, their back pain, 70% of the patients had a re uh, continued reduction in back pain. And overall, the patient satisfaction was 90%. And another thing in this opioid conscious world that we, uh, we live in now, in the opioid crisis that we're dealing with, that 85% of the uh, opioid users who got a Superion device implanted uh, ceased using uh, opioids at five years as well. And I think that's a good point that you, you mentioned. The FDA has looked at this, and this is FDA approved. It is. It is exactly. Uh, uh, sometimes uh, different uh, devices, procedures come out that don't have FDA uh, approval, and this is one that was studied at length, again, at 29 different centers, almost 500 patients, uh, before they gave their stamp of approval on it because the outcomes were so good. Um, they uh, they uh, did approve the device. I noticed um, on your website 
the, one of your patients who gave a testimonial about this procedure even mentioned that she basically had stopped walking from one end of her house to the other. And now that kind of pretty much changed her life. I mean, it was pretty significant. And if you think of an older population, the benefit of them having movement and being active, and you take that away from them, not only are they going to have problems with their lumbar spinal stenosis, but it's going to start affecting their other joints and, and even just their, their mental attitude because they can't do what they used to do. Exactly. A lot of the patients will come to me and, and just like that, so there are a lot of little old ladies, I, I call them, I have a lot of sweet patients that uh, just can't go to church on Sunday because it just hurts too much or they, uh, they can't stand in the choir and sing. And this one lady you referred to, uh, that was uh, one of her complaints, it just hurt too much. And she'd actually already had back surgery and was headed towards the second one when I offered this to her. And she is now back doing virtually everything she wants to do. Uh, one of the things we find when we place this device in patients who have been um, unable to do a lot of things, a lot of physical activity, they'll come back to us. We'll always follow them up at uh, six weeks. They'll say, you know, my, my pain that you put this in for is gone. My leg pain is gone. But I have these, these leg cramps and these aches that occur that weren't there before. And the explanation is really quite simple. The reality is they're so much more active. They've got muscles and joints that have been so deconditioned over time that they're now more active. And when you point that out to them, you'll ask them how much more are you walking? And, you know, they could walk a block before. Now they're walking half a mile or, or so and things like that. So the patients, when you recognize, when they recognize what uh, the reason for that pain is, they're actually quite excited. So we've had a lot of good uh, outcomes. It's, it's been a life changer for a lot of people because you have to understand these patients who can't get up and, and do their, their, their you know, daily activities and now can do it and get out and shop and, and travel more and all that, it, it, it does change their life. So you mentioned that that particular patient too also had back surgery. So that's not something that would prohibit them from exactly. exploring this option. Exactly. Exploring the option, I would say that because uh, what we have to have for this device to be placed is we have to have what's called the spinous processes uh, in place at the level where the stenosis is. And this one other gentleman I mentioned who was 90 years old, my oldest patient, he had had a bigger back surgery where he'd had a decompressive laminectomy performed at L1, L2, and L3 in the lumbar spine. Uh, so I looked at him under, um, uh, under x-ray and, and the uh, spinous processes, which I need to have in place, uh, were taken out with that operation. It's a fairly big operation. But what he did have at the L4-5 level, which were not uh, previously operated on, the spinous processes were intact. I looked at his um, MRI and he had stenosis that occurred at that level. So at the age of 90, rather than sending back to the surgeon who probably couldn't operate on him because of his other health problems and just his general age, I was able to place this device and he was one of the patients that got up out of recovery and walked out as we talked to him about this at his post-op. Uh, he said, I walked out of recovery room feeling better. And that happens about 60 or 70% of the time when the patients have this done. They actually feel better immediately with the presenting pain that they had. And uh, he continues to be much more active now, uh, just about four weeks post-op. Now, is this something that's done in a surgical center? It is. We uh, can't perform this operation since there's an uh, incision made, a very small incision, but need to have an absolutely uh, strict uh, sterile environment. So it's done in the uh, operating room. And the anesthesia that's required for this is not a general anesthetic. Again, we get back to this point of patients who are not good candidates for lengthy operations, general anesthesia, et cetera. Uh, but we can do this procedure in 20 or 30 minutes. 
with just heavy sedation. Uh, I don't have to have them uh, completely unconscious or anything like that. And we can place this device and, and uh, patients do quite well with it. They wake up from it quicker, uh, hour or so after surgery, they're up ready to go home, et cetera. So it's uh, something has to be done in an outpatient surgery setting, uh, surgery, uh, setting uh, but doesn't require a, a big anesthetic or a lengthy uh, anesthetic or operation. So what's the recovery like after the procedure? What we ask for the patients to do for the first four to six weeks is try not to bend and stoop a lot. Um, we ask them not to lift anything heavy. Our general rule is nothing over uh, you know, the weight of a gallon of milk. Uh, and just kind of walk and do things normally. I don't want them going outside and starting to, to, to bend over doing yard work, et cetera, uh, like that for a period of four to six weeks. This device, when I place it, it is uh, tapped down to the lamina of the spine, to the uh, bony uh, part of the spine in the posterior area of it. And it is uh, going to stay in place, but if you twisted or bent or did too much activity, the possibility at least exists that it could move. So we ask patients for the first four to six weeks just to use uh, you know, good uh, posture and, and uh, bending, stooping, twisting too much. Just be careful about that. Uh, other than that, they're, they're free to walk and do things uh, that way uh, that they feel like they're able to do. And then in terms of any, you know, post-op uh, pain relief, is, could they just take something over the counter typically for that? Usually it is. If we have a patient that undergoes this operation uh, with me, uh, if they're on some pain medication, I never write for anything extra. If they take a few uh, pain pills a day for uh, other conditions, et cetera. Uh, but if they're not taking any opioids, I don't prescribe it for this operation. They can take Tylenol or over-the-counter uh, anti-inflammatory medications uh, as they need to because it's just not that much of a uh, post-op painful condition. But this seems like a procedure that would be worth exploring rather than going direct to surgery. I mean, why would anyone want to have back surgery unless they really absolutely had to have it? Yeah, I completely agree. If it was, uh, you know, my, uh, my mother, my brother that uh, had a condition like this or myself, uh, that I could uh, have relief from the pain in a, in a very uh, extended fashion, as, at least as far as what the five-year studies show, I'd certainly want to explore this first. Now, one thing to say is sometimes we'll see patients who have just multiple levels of spinal stenosis, and it's hard to pick out, and they're all severe, let's say. Um, it's hard to pick out one level that we could do, uh, et cetera. You know, those patients may be better at least uh, being sent to a surgeon uh, for consideration of a, of a bigger operation if, if they're able to undergo that. But if that surgeon looks at it and, and says that uh, the operation will take five or six hours, they're not a good anesthetic risk, they're maybe too elderly, and certainly come back, I'd explore this option with them. But uh, there are times where I see patients who have um, a lot of spinal uh, pathology uh, that I don't think that this condition, or I'm sorry, that this procedure uh, would work well for them. And those kind of patients, I need to get a surgical opinion about them first. Uh, and again, sometimes they move on and have the surgery. Uh, sometimes they come back here to explore this option that, that we can do for them. I think it's also important to note that you have quite a few videos on your website that are um, about this procedure and even patient testimonials discussing their experience. And I mean, they're real patients that have gone through that and talk about how much their life has changed from that. It is. It's always good to have these patients that come back. And I think from memory, the three patients that, uh, that talked on the video were probably three of my first five patients I performed this on. And uh, yeah, again, patients uh, who are looking or thinking about this, um, 
patients who have back pain want to see what we have to offer, et cetera, et cetera. Our website has a lot of things on it, including this. But no, I, I'm, I'm always uh, happy to see these patients and have them come back. And, you know, I do a lot of procedures in here where I know that I'll do an injection or a uh, ablation procedure that I know they're going to come back to me in three to six months. These patients, what I've found to be true in my 13 months of doing this is generally when I do this on them, uh, I just don't see them again. Uh, they tend to do well and stay well. So uh, not to say that, that everybody's 100% when this is done, but the uh, effects of this procedure as far as the benefit to the patients uh, compared to a lot of things I see, both surgical and, and procedural like what I do, it's been very rewarding to see this because of their uh, their benefit that they get. And again, because we're treating the underlying condition, it tends not to reoccur again, and uh, they just have a more healthier lifestyle. And this is something that is covered by Medicare? It is. Medicare does cover it, as well as all the uh, Medicare replacement plans. Uh, like with any insurance company, uh, when it comes to Medicare replacement plans, sometimes we have to convince them that it is covered. They'll initially deny it, but then we uh, we have ways of uh, letting them understand that it is covered by traditional Medicare and they're bound to have to, to cover it. The insurance companies themselves, if you're under 65 and you have commercial insurance, um, not to say that it can't get covered, but it is more of a fight to get that done. We usually uh, involve the company, uh, Vertiflex, uh, to help us out with those approvals. But uh, yeah, without question, and I guess... The good part about all this is, is that the patients who need this are generally Medicare age. You may catch them a little bit before Medicare age. I've got one gentleman now, 64. Uh, he's going to turn 65. He needs this procedure, and basically he's just waiting until he gets Medicare to get it done. So uh, it, it is something that maybe over time we'll see uh, insurance companies uh, stepping forward and, and covering something like this. If you can do this procedure for uh, a reduced cost and get the patients to do as well as what they do when they have a, an open uh, decompressive laminectomy, um, they would have to look at that and, and be happy to, to pay uh, less money to have a benefit that uh, each would provide. Yes, and for it being minimally invasive, the recovery period is so much quicker than an open back surgery. Exactly. It is uh, just a small incision. I tell patients if you took a nickel and uh, put it on its edge and look down on it, that's about the length of the incision. I guess that's about an inch or less. Um, and uh, that's it. I mean, they, they come back here nine or 10 days uh, just to look at the wound to make sure it's doing okay and healing okay, and uh, that's it. It's uh, a very simple procedure. It's amazing what technology has came up with for us and who do interventional pain um, to take care of these patients, and before there was nothing like it to be offered. Uh, you had to go and, uh, to a major medical institution to have a big uh, operation. Recovery time was three to six months, et cetera, et cetera. And you can take now a patient to an outpatient surgery center, somebody 90 years old, and they can leave there uh, not having the pain that they walked in with is uh, pretty amazing. So if someone wanted to be evaluated potentially for this procedure for treatment for lumbar spinal stenosis, do they need a referral or what would they do? At our office, uh, we get a lot of patients by referral, but no, you don't need to have a referral to get in the office. Uh, you can just contact us. Uh, our phone number is 704-797-0065 and uh, make your own appointment. Uh, we may have some preliminary questions about uh, you or from you that we need to find out what we're going to be treating, et cetera. But sometimes patients come here with um, all their x-rays, all their MRIs and ready to go. Other times patients come here just saying my back hurts. They don't know why. So we start in with our 
differential diagnosis of what's going on and do our own studies and order them, et cetera. So yeah, referrals are not necessary. You can make your own uh, appointment without referral. So again, if you want to uh, learn more or schedule a consultation, you can call Dr. Wilson's office or visit his website at piedmontpaincare.com. There's a lot of information on the website and the phone number is there. So um, hopefully you'll be able to help some more people with this procedure. Thank you, Laura. Appreciate your uh, time. Thank you.